0: Welcome to Snacks, the podcast that serves up tasty insights for your surgical practice. Join Al Norweb and Justin Rockman of Surgimate as they deliver bite-sized episodes that feature actionable insights and real-world examples to help you conquer the challenges of surgical scheduling and unlock your practice's full potential. Let's dig in. Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Snacks. My name is Al Norweb. I am the Chief Growth Officer of Surgimate. And if you like to geek out about the business of surgical practices, you've come to the right place. Uh, Surgisnacks, our idea is to provide bite-sized content, hopefully about 10-minute long sessions with something interesting that hopefully helps you with your day-to-day running of your surgical practice. Uh, my fearless co-host, Justin Rockman, isn't with us today. But I'm very excited to be uh, to be here with Evan Steele, the founder and CEO of Raider 8. Welcome to the show, Evan. All right, thanks, Al.
1: Al, when I look at your name on the bottom left, it looks like AI.
0: I, I get that a lot, and um, yeah. I'm hoping that it's it's a career accelerator for me because it seems uh. to be a pretty pretty hot topic these days. <laughs> um, well, it's really great to have you on the show. I know you have uh, an incredible wealth of experience in this space. Um, for those of you, those in our audience that don't know you, uh, could you give us like a real condensed bio about wh- about Evan?
1: Yeah, I was. Um, I, I have a finance and accounting training by background. I was in banking for a while, and then I left. I was actually became a practice administrator for a busy ophthalmology practice in New York City for nine years. Wow. Um, and while at that practice, I found and ran a EHR company called SRS Health, uh, which I sold in mm-hmm. 2012. And in 2015, I found Raterate. In 2018, we started selling the product to the medical industry. And you know, fast forward five years, we now have uh, just about 10,000 practitioners on our platform. And what we do is we build online reviews and we also provide practice improvement uh, software through uh, patient satisfaction surveys for medical practices and hospitals.
0: Well, I'm sure uh, many practices are happy you got out of the nasty business of finance and uh, got into healthcare. Um, yes, that's amazing. That's an incredible story. And, uh, in my experience in the space have come up, uh, uh, across your company, both of your companies in many, many ways. I know you've made a lot of, a lot of happy customers. That's fantastic. <laughs> Um, all right. So on Surge of Snacks, we always have a topic, and our topic for today is when patient reviews sting. Um, so it happens to the best of the best of us as practices. You could have ninety nine really happy patients, but every once in a while, you get one that that has a bad experience, and when they put one of those nasty reviews on your website, it definitely stings. And so uh, to complement our topic, we always have a snack. So we thought th- the appropriate snack for today is Starburst because we're looking for five <laughs> star reviews. Um, so I'm going to start off here actually reading a nasty review from a customer. We've anonymized this, so it's not actual real patient data or anything, um, but we thought it'd be uh, kind of fun and painful to show what kinds of things that uh, a practice might see from patients. So here's a short one, Evan. Uh, they have a bad review for reasons. They don't do anything to help you. Receptionist is a dog. That's really kind of stingy. I don't mm-hmm. need that. Um this is a reputation and brand business, right? So these these hurt. Um, what you know? Tell me more about. You, know, you spoke about it a little bit, but what Rater eight specializes in?
1: Well, when I started the company, the very first thing we did, very first thing, even before the reputation management, and even before asking different questions about practice operations like staff friendliness, office cleanliness, even you know the parking, the check-in experience, uh, the first thing we did was just rate people. So we had these little. Uh, uh, you know, little circles and, and uh, the survey would have the doctor and the front desk staff and checkout person face in a circle. It was just about rating people. And the whole idea is that if I could have a dashboard where that amplified the voice of the patients and was able to just um, see right away, just one click on all the one-star unhappy comments and just quickly read what's going on. So I would know, for example, if some far-flung satellite office that I have, if I had uh, Mary or Joe checking in the patient and Mary or Joe is on their cell phone or eating a burrito upon check-in and a patient complains about that, I want to know about that as a practice administrator and I want to rectify those problems. And so a, a lot of one-star reviews, they're, they're all caused by people, right? Uh, very rarely is it, you know, sometimes someone will complain about, a, you know, the bathroom was dirty or the office was a mess. But usually it's when we search through our database and you search for the word rude, it comes up time and time and time again. And it's, and a lot of times it's the doctor, but even more often it's the staff. Um, so the idea is just to understand the patient experience and be able to parse out the complaints, listen to them and act on it and actually try to improve. And if that means identifying employees that you need to put on a performance improvement plan or you know identifying employees who are doing a really really good job and you want to give kudos and uh, engage that employee and uh, y- you know reward positive behaviors so that you could up the bar in your practice yeah. um, that's what it's all about so it's using software to improve the patient experience through people yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense
0: you know we at surgeon Mate, we're prime I mean you, you're working with all types of clinics and specialties. We primarily focus on surgical practices, um, which is a subset of, of probably your customers. Uh, but the surgery experience itself is is obviously fundamental to those types of practices. If you're not, you know, getting good results in surgery, you, yeah. you're probably going to have problems in that realm,
1: right? Um, and, and- and surgery is a very, very high stress time for a patient. Yes. You never under more stress. And I have to book, book surgery and I have to go in the, in the operating room and all that uncertainty and worry. And people, you know, patients get, you know, fraught with anxiety. So, you know, like, so what do you do in surgery, mate, to help your clinical and administrative staff you know, better perform their jobs and better communicate with patients and make sure you don't get these one star, unhappy, nasty reviews online?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, you're, you're exactly right about the anxiety, which is not a surprise, right? But, um, when you think about a, a good review, a lot of it, the emphasis would be on the clinical experience and the outcomes of the surgery, which is obviously fundamentally the most important piece, but it's everything around that surgery is really important as well for the patient experience. And I'd say the number one thing that, um, that we find as a source of frustration is breakdowns in communication. So. To your point, if I'm a nervous patient, I'm anxious, and I'm not getting either clear information or conflicting information or updates or something changes and I'm not made aware of it, um, that's that's not going to lead to a good result for that patient. So, you know, one of the things that we do try to emphasize is standardizing processes for patient outreach. That's one way. Um, a lot of practices don't do that. And so you have different schedulers observing different ways to reach out or coordinators. And you end up with uneven results. Mm -hmm. And another important way I'd say is when you have four or five or six different people that are reaching out to a patient before a surgery, it's very easy for them to be providing conflicting information, right? And part of that is because everybody lives in their own silo information, the hospital or the ASC or different parts of even within the same clinic. Mm -hmm. Um, And so getting people in one uniform place to see everything around a case and know the right information is a really good way to help reduce it. So right, that, that's, I think, one of the things we really try to emphasize on. And, and that tees up here, Evan. Uh, I got another nasty review for us to read mm-hmm. up. Again, these are anonymous, but this is one, I think, exactly on on the point of our discussion. So here we go. My appointment was scheduled well in advance. I received several reminders via email and text. I drove 50 minutes to get to the office. While I was filling out standard forms, I was told my doctor had been called to another city to perform surgery. I got no phone calls, text messages, or rescheduling. This office is totally incompetent. Customer satisfaction is not a priority for this organization. Um, So, you know, it's a good example where communication breakdown really hurts. But you Mm -hmm. guys see all this data across different elements. What else do you see as like the common reasons for patient dissatisfaction out there?
1: Well, just to that point, I, I go into some of the things that really upset patients the most. Uh, my, my wife had a surgery. Um, she was younger. She had fallen off a horse and broke her hips, so she needed a hip replacement. So we did it at hospital for special surgery in New York City. And I remember that it was like at 9 o'clock at night, and some nurse with a clipboard comes around you know, at doing a survey. And we just got a kind of into a conversation with her about, you know, why would a patient give a bad review? You're such a great institution. And she says almost a hundred percent of the time, whenever there's an unhappy patient, it's a process problem. It's not the people, it's just the process broke down. And that, that, that woman who complained that her appointment was canceled and she drove 50, 50 miles and 50 minutes and, uh, you know, wasn't even told. That's just pure process, right? There, there wasn't a process, a workflow in that practice for as soon as, as soon as something's canceled, like this and this and this has to happen. We have to call these patients in this manner, in this num- number of minutes, you know, and give this, give them this much, uh, a heads up that there's no appointment. So that was probably a process problem. And, and yeah. we see a, a lot of that. The, the biggest complaints, uh, by far, we, we look at all the scores of our uh, one through five star rating waiting room time um, by far, not even close, by like three tenths of a point. Waiting room time is the biggest complaint um, throughout our, our whole client base. And we're talking about 650 clients, and uh, 10,000 practitioners. Um, we, we actually interviewed our client who has the best waiting room score. It was an orthopedic yeah. group in um, Oklahoma okay. and they, they were able to, they've increased their satisfaction score. We saw a positive trend. So we reached out to them like, what'd you do? We actually have a blog about it. If you go to the Rate website, go to the blog section, search for waiting room time. Um, we, we interviewed the client um, and, and they did a lot of work on, you know, sometimes I'll give you an example. If you're waiting for a flight and there's a two hour delay uh, you know, or an hour and a half delay, would you rather wait an hour and a half and hear nothing? You're just stewing. You're in that waiting room. You're not, commu- you're not hearing any communications. That's for an hour and a half. Would you rather wait an hour and 45 minutes, actually 15 minutes more, but every 15 minutes you're getting an update. The pilot, the plane, the part, you know, the, you would rather wait longer if you're kept informed. And, and so they have this board and this board system they use, and they write each doctor and how long the wait is. So it's full communication. So even though the patient's waiting, probably the same amount, the other practices, the perception of waiting is a lot less. Um, uh, you know, and, and they offer patients the option to wait in the car. So they could be in the cars, and they're not a crowded waiting room. They put on the radio, they could talk on their cell phone privately, and then they'll just text them or call them when when they're ready. So things like that. Uh, could be rectified. And and again, that's process, right? They didn't fix the waiting room time problem. They're communicating better with patients. So they have the highest scores and they probably have long waits. Um, also, Dr. Bedside manner. I mean, we just hear tons mm-hmm. of that. Um, so what we like to do is uh, we have these patient feedback summaries. So every month the doctor gets all the comments the patients made sorted by worst to best. So the one, two, three star comments show up first. And the hope is, is that they don't get buried in myriad comments and the doctors read, like the hearing, like, hey, every month they're seeing what their patients are complaining about. Yeah. Um, and, you know, do all doctors change? No, they're hard to change. No. But you know that by just reading the comments from the patients and listening to them, yeah. you know, we're hoping that we're affecting some change.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, in my, in my experience, working with practice, when you can show them data, Um, That's that's dispassionate, just simply like, "Hey, here's here's the facts." Mm -hmm. They tend to be very responsive because they're they're such, you know, a logical population in general, and that's a that's a really powerful Mm -hmm. way to help Mm -hmm. create some like consistent change over time. Mm -hmm. Evan, I believe we are up against our time for session one of our discussion today, but I'm excited that we're going to be continuing our discussion in a in a second session. Um, So tune in for our next session of of Surgeon Snacks, which will be coming to you soon. I really want to thank thank you for joining us here today, uh, and I I look forward to speaking with you again here soon. Same here,
1: Al. Thanks. Thanks.